Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast about movies because movies. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm actually doing good. You know, Corey, what I didn't tell you is that today was my first time in three years going back to the movies. You went back to the theater? I went back to the theater. Oh, what did you see? Bad Guys. Oh, the animated uh, uh, like wolf Yeah, movie? don't say it like that. Like It's not like going to see a real movie. No, 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 no. I, I just it was trying to figure out what movie Bad Guys was. Yeah, so it's the I also movie. have not been back to the theater for uh, a while. I think we went the first time the lockdown was kind of eased up, <laughs> and we saw, like, Sing 2 or something like that, but uh, we, we haven't really been to the theaters as well. Yeah, I have not. Also been, an animated movie. <laughs> I didn't go back back then, because back then I said the only movie that would be, get me back to see... Um, get me back into the theater would be Top Gun. And of course that did not come out. Well, it's about to. I know. But then uh, this was actually like kind of like an like more exclusive thing, I guess. It was just, it was a theater that was purchased, like the it was bought out. So it was just like a small group of people, you know, in a, in a 4D, it was actually a 4D theater. Oh, really? Where they have like the seats that move, yeah, yeah. shift back and forth. It's like, uh, it's like that John Goodman movie, uh, Matinee. Yeah, spray water in your face. Yeah, yeah. all that so, shit. You know, all that. Just kidding, I didn't. That, but nah. they did move. They, the seats sure. did move, yeah. How did you like the film? Uh, Bad Guys was great. Yeah? Very good movie. Yeah. It looks uh, It looks very charming from, from the previews for... It's very Despicable Me. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so like, there's there's enough there for uh, adults to, to chew into? Yeah. As awesome. I'm chewing. <laughs> Nothing like chewing ice on, on a microphone. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, we we haven't. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, you know. I mean, I've been putting out content. You just haven't. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been MIA for a couple weeks because uh, you know real life gets in the way sometimes. But you know, how, how have you passed? Uh, how have you passed the time? Me? Yeah, like uh, you know, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. <laughs> I am all in on Johnny. She is not a good person. No, she is not a good person. Yeah, I feel like we touched a bit about this uh, the last episode. Yeah, now beginning. this week coming up, which will be the same week that this is released, last week for the trial. Yeah, I, I think uh, now that she's taken the stand, it's fully cemented that she's she's just not a good person in general. I mean, she's pledged to be a good person, yeah, but she's, she's not actually delivered on yeah. being a good person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? See, if you've watched the trial, you'd totally understand that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, Serious, but like I don't know. Did did you did you like binge watch a bunch of movies? Did you? Um, I started watching a movie from a long time ago um, called The Quick and the Dead. Oh, Corey, yes. have you ever seen The Quick and the Dead? It's a it's a western movie. It is a western, uh, but there it's like a it's like a like a Fight Club in the old west, right? It's well, it's a it's a shootout. <laughs> it's a shootout movie. Yeah, it's a it's about it's about gunplay, or it's more like. Bloodsport in the Old West. It takes place. It, it, the movie came out in 1995, so it's it's yeah. about this one town um, where everybody goes once a year 
and you enter a tournament, a gunfighters tournament. Yeah. And then whoever enters the tournament can be challenged to a gunfight. Quick and draw. if you're in this and if you quick draw, and if you're in this gunfight, if you're challenged, you have to accept the challenge. Just like the one person standing. It's like so last man standing. How do they continue to recruit people? Like there are no return visitors here. Yeah, pretty much. It's sort of a flawed system. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody dies, then like how do you recruit new people to come and take part in your your challenge? Is it like a like a bunch of people want to get in and it's a lottery to then get in? It is not the way no. the movie. So the way the movie shows it is everybody's in this one saloon, and they just ask who wants to who wants to join the fight this year, and everyone just throws out their name. And it seems like people are coming from all around, right, to fight in this to show up the sh- to show off their skills. But then all but one of the sixteen or whatever. Uh, Prove that they are not. Yeah, it's basically like March Madness, but for gunfighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, th- that's what and it's like. If you think about like the actual consolidated gunfighters of the West, I think like in three or four years, you've just run out of gunfighters. Pretty much, yeah. It's just like farmers, uh, you know, and yeah, pretty much. Wagon trail people, you know. I will say that as I was watching this movie, I, I realized just how stupid it was. <laughs> it is. A whole other level of stupid premise wise, yeah. It's, premise. it's not entirely thought out, but it's it, like at least it's you know uh, uber violent and fun. Yeah, well, even that there's actually no story arc because literally <laughs> every no scene is someone going and uh, just shooting each other. The whole movie is just a montage of the tournament. <laughs> the whole movie, it's like somebody <laughs> walked in and said, "Hey, Sam Raimi, people like to see quick draw shootouts, so we're just gonna make a movie where people do quick draw shootouts." And that's all we're going to watch. Right. And he went, fuck yeah, we're making that movie. And then occasionally Russell Crowe will grimace. <laughs> well, and that's the next part I'm getting to, is that I was watching this movie and how stupid it was, and then I thought, how the hell did they get all these famous actors in this movie? Corey, do you know who's in this movie? Oh, yeah, like Gene uh, Hackman. Gene Hackman, Sharon, Sharon Stone, Stone. yeah. Russell Crowe. Okay, you have some major actors in this movie. I don't know how they got them all to sign up for this. So, Corey, that brings us to this idea that what other movies are out there that have absolutely fantastic casting, but are just shit movies? So what immediately jumps to my mind, Jeff, are a pair of movies that are kind of the same movie, but are one year apart in their release. And that's the Gary Marshall holiday films, we'll call them. Do they star Mr. Arthur Fonzarelli? I don't believe that he makes an appearance in these movies. All right. I, For I any of you out there, that's because Gary Marshall did Happy Days. And he did. did. I just wanted to explain the yeah, show. Yeah, look, Gary Marshall has a great track record. His sister Penny, also a great track record. And there is a... She did big. Yeah, and League of Their Own, right? The, there is a... Like a wonderfully saccharine... Uh, saccharine? Heartwarming... Yeah, like a, a sweet... Saccharine, huh? Saccharine. Saccharine. Yeah. Heartwarming is that a vibe. Is less sweet? It's like just... A less sweet it's, than- it's not too sweet. Sweet. But it's sweet it's enough. It's fake sweet. Yeah, it's it's, it's sweet enough. But th- there's there's this <laughs> charm to the the Marshall siblings movies that uh, I pine for uh, the nostalgia of that. Like we don't make those type of like family movies anymore, where they're not a kids movie. It's not like an adult movie. It's a movie that everybody in the family can go to and appreciate for just being like a good story, but it's rated PG. Right. We don't get a lot of that in cinema anymore. Like Christopher Columbus. 
John Hughes, the Marshalls, they kind of had that that touch. So going into these movies, you have high expectations. Huge cast for both of these. No, let's just let's just run down it, right? Valentine's Day, 2010. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Terrible film. We also right? have to make sure, just as a disclaimer, we do not really go by Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a good metric for us right. to say, like, universally, these are considered bad movies. And uh, you will... You okay there? Yeah, yeah, just it's fine. Everything's will, falling down on my station, but it's fine. <laughs> and you'll hear that all of these movies have low scores. So, so opposed to what we would normally do, Corey, where we're telling people what to watch, in this one we're kind of telling people what not to watch. Well, it, because it's incredible. Because you, you on the poster, on paper, the 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 director uh, power that that these movies have, the star power that these movies have, makes you think mm, probably going to be a good film. No, no. It is that is a a uh, false advertisement. Because Same thing with Quick and the Dead. Yes, I was thinking Russell Crowe, Sharon Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio. This is gonna be western. A great, great western. <laughs> no. I was like this. I this I can't lose. And then what no. happened? I lost. Yeah, yeah. It was disappointment. So it's a cautionary tale today. Let's <laughs> switch the envelope. <laughs> but Valentine's Day, 2010, right? Jessica Alba. In 2010, Jessica Alba, fuck, she could sell. Millions of, of movie tickets just on, on her star power alone, right? Julia Roberts, motherfucking Bradley Cooper, Kathy Bates, Jessica Beale, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner in the mid 2000s? Come on. Now, isn't this most of the cast that's actually in the good version of these movies, which is he's so, just not that into you? There is some carryover. Yes. Y- yeah. Bradley so, Cooper's in both. Yeah, I, I believe so. So is, uh, so is Jennifer Garner. Uh, is Jennifer Garner and he's not that into you? I, I know Jennifer Goodwin is. Justin Long. Oh, no. You know what? I'm getting it mixed up with who plays Jennifer Connelly. Mm, yes, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, I'm getting that yeah. mixed up. She's mad because the dude is smoking. But really, not she's that mad cheating. because she knows he's cheating. Or both. Like no, it's, a, it's, it's more of a taking aggression out yeah, on yeah, the fact yeah, yeah, that... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, but that, that movie is an example of how you do the ensemble, large cast, romantic comedy... And make it work. But the, these movies, the Valentine's Day and, and New Year's Eve, they're, they're, the writing is so hokey. Like, it's so cheesy. It's very soap opera-y. Isn't the worst actor in the world, Ashton Kutcher, in one of these movies? So that's the next one. So Okay. Valentine's Day comes out, and like, date movie for Valentine's Day, it's really pandering. It's a terrible movie. It's got all those stars in it that I, that I just mentioned, including Taylor Swift, who shows up inexplicably. Uh, Ooh, she's on one of the movies on my list also. <laughs> we'll get to that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But it gets 18%. It must have made money because they let him do New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, one year later in 2011, or unless he had it like contracted, where he gets, he gets his holiday movies, right? Uh, 7%. And they stacked the deck even more in that movie. With Remember, that he's the guy that did Happy Days. I know. I know. That's they, what makes him so much more disappointing. They gave him like seven spinoffs from that TV show. Okay, so of course they're going to do... Right? Yeah. Hey, here's the thing. On this show... I'm I'm the guy who has a real soft spot for rom coms. I know, I right? know. I'm surprised you're putting these on the list. I, I, this is it infuriates me because one, it's rom com. Two, Gary Marshall. Okay, all of these stars. All right, let's do this. Uh, and they just are so sloppily put together. It it's so disappointing. Corey, I just put a cowboy movie on. There. I know. I love westerns. So do I. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the. Th- I think that's the, the the real point of this is we were bamboozled. By our favorite things. <laughs> we were bamboozled. <laughs> we were bamboozled by, by casts of people that we like, that we respect their work, 
directors that we enjoy. Well, there were, Taylor Swift. Well, <laughs> Taylor Swift just happened to be in the movie. But if I would have seen Taylor Swift on the list, I would have been like, meh. No, but like Julia Roberts, Bradley Cooper, Kathy Bates. There, there are a few movies that those people are in where I'm like, oh, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> you know, like some that don't don't exist. Like, oh, that was okay. Or like, I didn't hate it, didn't love it. Yes, but not a lot from those types of actors where you're like, that's dumb. Yes. So, um, you know what would have been funny is if what if they'd put Robert De Niro into a Star Wars movie? <laughs> Can you imagine that? He would be Robert De Niro being Robert De Niro, but with like a like a smock yeah. on or like a like a robe. He would have been trying to be like Robert yeah. De Niro being a, a like a Jedi warrior. May the force be with you. Yeah, exactly. It's a little more Mark Wahlberg, but yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, Corey. Oh, you're going. Next oh, you're our, going Star Wars. Next on our list, I Uh-oh. think everybody who's Uh-oh. even even Star Wars fans um, will agree with me on this one. Uh, it's torn now. There's a whole generation that have become adults now, where I think the movies you're talking about are their Star Wars films. Well, uh, you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> because <laughs> fuck you and your fucking metachlorians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I'm talking about is basically the Star Wars movies from episode 1 to episode 3. And the reason why I'm talking just, just about the this the entire prequels. The entire prequels because what I'm saying is they instead of doing what the original Star Wars movies did which was get no-name actors, obviously Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. They're not no-name actors anymore. But when they were cast in the original Star Wars film, they were no-name actors. Nobody knew who these people were. But when they did the prequels for Star Wars, they stacked the deck. Yeah, they, they did. put in Natalie Portman. Yep. Kira Knightley was in it, but it was you didn't. Yeah, know, she, she nobody didn't, knew who Kira Knightley was. was at the time. Yeah. But Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Samuel L. Jackson yeah. was in it. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Stamp. There's just a huge lot stars. of huge stars that were never expected to be in a Star Wars movie. Especially like Samuel L. Jackson. I remember people losing their shit when Samuel L. Jackson was announced as being cast in a Star Wars film. It was like, oh, fuck. This exactly. Be awesome. That, it, you, you're exactly right. And what's important to understand is that this is prior, this is very, this is pre-MCU. This is pre-Marvel yeah. and DC when they were casting extremely popular famous people in these kind of movies these are still geekdom this is when people right. weren't weren't famous or being in these movies and you know what they were worse off for it by putting guys like liam neeson he should still be on a train somewhere trying to save his daughter <laughs> <laughs> although I, I will say liam neeson it's unfortunate that liam neeson only is in that first movie spoiler alert he actually was pretty good because I, I liam to... <laughs> neeson is the most incredible part of that first first movie. Ian McGregor holds a line through there, but he's not got a ton of like. There's a bunch of stupid bullshit that happens around him that is, is best laid plans. Ian McGregor, there's not much you can do. It just it goes into wacky spots. I agree. It, it, they're kind of a mess. The, those movies, absolutely, especially that that first one is is hard hard to rewatch. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get I get like you a. You know what? I will say the first one for me is fine. I know, I know. You, you like Phantom Menace. Every once in a while, I get this like wild hair. The to, third like, one is awful to me. To like hit a franchise, right? Do, do you ever, do you ever get that where you're Absolutely. like, this weekend we're doing this franchise? Yep. Right. We do it with Harry Potter. We do it with uh, Back I to the never Future. Never have an interest to watch Harry Potter. I know. I'm a Harry Potter, Harry Potter nerd. Uh, true and true. You know, House Raven. American Ninja. I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, but Star Wars is is one of those. 
right? Especially now that they're all on Disney Plus and, you know, you can get all the extended stuff. Uh, Phantom Menace is the hardest to sort of sit through. My, me, my, my attention span. I understand. Like, there's moments where I enjoy the sort of spectacle of it outside of what it's doing to the narrative. Like, the pod racing scene is an exciting scene, but yeah. it has no purpose whatsoever. Well, it set up a game for Lucasfilms to release yeah. at the same time. And, you know, vehicles and more Kenner toys. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It was all about that game. I don't know if you remember those games that were out on oh, Sega. I and, do, uh, and, I um, do, yeah. Yeah, everyone had that game, the game where you did the pod racing. All right, staying in the sci-fi realm, Jeff, uh, I present to you Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, Eddie Redmayne, directed by the Wachowskis in 2015. Yeah, uh, Jupiter Ascending, where Channing Tatum is a dog man on rollerblades for reasons we don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with this 100%. Shit movie, great cast. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Redmayne, I think he's either about to win an Oscar or he's fresh off of his, like this is the follow-up to his Oscar win. And he is terrible in this movie. Like, I, he flipped a switch into... Weird mode, over actor, disconnected from his body. <laughs> like it's it's a weird out of body Eddie Redmayne experience because in damn near everything else he's in, he's stellar as as a performer. Just you know, he did win an Academy Award. No, I know he did uh, for um, the Stephen Hawking movie, right? No, he got it for Theory of Everything. Yeah, no, Theory of Everything is what he got it for. But I think he was also nominated with uh uh. Felicity, Fel- Felicia, his co-star for from another one. The same, same, same two people in the same, in a different movie. A Danish girl. A Danish girl. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he was nominated for that one too. Okay, so stay away from that one, guys. Yeah. Don't don't watch Jupiter Ascending. All right, under the next one for me is a movie that goes back in time a little bit. Oh, Corey, ready to go back? <clears throat> Are you ready to go back in time? Gonna go back in time. Yes? Uh, yes, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to go back all the way to the late... Oh, actually, it's not the late 80s. It's actually the early, early 90s to 1990, actually. Okay. So we're going to go to 1990 in a movie with superstar power. I mean superstar 1990 power. 1990 superstar power. No, I don't mean 1990 star power. I mean, like, this is star power from 1990 that is star power today. <clears throat> oh, so before they were huge... No, I mean, they were huge then. Oh. They're still huge now. These are A-list motherfuckers. Okay. Okay? I'm going to read this off. And I guarantee nobody out there even knows what movie this is. So we got Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Already we're starting off great. <coughs> 1990 Tom Hanks? Absolutely. Tom Hanks. Melanie Griffith. 1990? Absolutely. Bruce Willis. Oh, shit. Okay. Morgan Freeman. We're talking <laughs> God here. Yeah. Kim Cattrall. Okay. Mannequin herself. What do you think? Just too much star power, if you ask me. For 1990, you're 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 at peak star power. And there's also uh, the other guy that actually plays the the two people that play the uh, second fiddle in this movie uh-huh. are uh, F. Murray Abraham. I don't know. Oh, that F. On. Murray Abraham. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic he, actor. Yeah, he was actually in uh, Amadeus. Yes, he was. He, he was, plays uh, the other Salieri. Salieri. Yeah. Sol, Salieri. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's a very very good actor. Not, and then, not like a known name usually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. When he's like, when you see him, you're like, hey, that's that guy. And oh, then, it's the dude. From- <laughs> yeah, and then Saul Rubinek is the other guy who also plays. Mm. He's always plays. You'll trust me. You'd know him if you saw him. It's a yeah. I know. He, I know his face. Yeah, it's one of those guys. You're like, hey, 
That's that guy. Yeah, yeah. But um, but going back, so the main stars of this: Tom Hanks, Melanie Griffith, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Kim Cattrall, all people that you know are like A-listers. Yeah. You see all these people on the red carpet. Marquee. Marquee. Even today, yeah. if you see these people. At, you see these people at the Academy Awards. I mean, shit, you're excited to see that a new movie is coming out from Tom Hanks still. Or Morgan Freeman. Or Morgan Freeman. It was major news that Bruce Willis was not going to be making any more films. Right, he's re- he's retiring from yeah. uh, from movies. So anyway, this movie is Bonfire of the Vanities. Now, I have not seen this movie, Jeff. That's okay. Tell, tell me why it's You know so why bad. you haven't seen that? Because nobody because saw this nobody movie. Because nobody fucking saw this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know why nobody saw this movie, Corey? Because it's 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 it uh, god awful trash. Bad marketing. Oh, it's just bad. This movie's about two rich motherfuckers. Okay. Tom Hanks and Melanie Griffith live in New York. They ride around and like they're yuppies. Yuppies, I guess. In the nineties, um, right? They would in the nineties. They would be yuppies. They ride around together, and while they're they get lost one night on their way to like a gala. Oh no. Yeah, and while they're trying to find their gala, they hit. They get lost in the Bronx. And they hit somebody, and they drive away. Oh, hit and run. Mm-hmm. Because they're entitled assholes. This is not a part that people are used to seeing Tom Hanks play. Sure. Now, Tom Hanks in the 90s, or in the early 90s, this was you oh, know Tom Hanks. Mr. Lovable. Tom Hanks big. Tom Hanks. This is Tom Hanks, Tom well, Hanks. Uh, still, but, but you've but got still, bosom no, but that's buddies. His, no, but Tom that's Hanks? his. No, that's bosom buddies is like eighty five. No, no, I know, but I'm saying like people saw him in bosom buddies. It's what like launched him into stardom, and he's super charming. Anyway, super lovable guy. So this is Tom. This is a uh, Joe in the volcano. Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Tom Hanks is like uh, playing a not a very nice guy in this. He's playing this. An, an upper cruster, uh, sophisticated asshole. Yeah, it's a very very cynical part that yeah. he's playing. And then the he's, part of Bruce he's, Willis... He's Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. Bruce Willis is playing... Basically, the party plays in Die Hard. He's playing a guy who is drunk, mm. an alcoholic news reporter that's following the case. Oh, so he's not the person they hit. No, he's the one that's following the case. Oh, okay. And is reporting on them and basically making it, making their lives very hard. Right. This is the, this is the, the story that's going to change his life. Yeah. And basically, everybody in this movie is awful. There's not a single redeemable character in this movie. <laughs> and that's why people just couldn't relate to it. I mean, it was just it was just so difficult for people to understand, like, why nobody ends up being redeeming in this film. Hmm. Yeah, that, that is that is one of my biggest pet peeves uh, in, in general. Again, why, why I hated, you know, Raging Bull. Because I, I can't, like, there's no redeeming quality to anybody in a film. That's life, though. Sometimes no, I, I and I understand that. <clears throat> Bonfire of the Vanities. That was the book. The book was the person was supposed to be showing how cynical and awful some of these New Yorkers he was working with all the time. And so when they moved the movie about it, nobody saw the movie because they're like, "We want redeeming characters." And the author and the writer of the movie was like, "But there are no redeeming. <laughs> but this is about unredeemable characters." But there, there's a there's a a tone that you have to really nail in order to get that right. Right, it has to be bad Santa. <laughs> I hated bad Santa. Right, I also hated bad Santa for very similar reasons. But I would say that bad Santa gets the tone right for like these are shit people because they're trying to make a comedy that are going to stay shit people. You know, you don't expect Billy Bob Thornton to like have some sort of epiphany and stop being a shitty person in that movie. You know, um, and I, I think it stays consistent with with its tone. All right, this next movie yeah. is uh. A huge shift in a major franchise. 
1995, Tim Burton was was slated to to take the mantle of Batman to a third movie. He drops out. Joel Schumacher comes in and he completely burns it to the ground. They gave him more Batman movies after this, but the expectation for this movie, especially in 1995, for Batman Returns, with the cast, Val Kilmer as Batman, famous painter James Carey, funny man of the 90s, (laughs) in the role of the Riddler. Famous painter. A role that he was destined to play, I think. Uh, and perfectly fits this oddball new spin on Batman. Perfectly. He's the only perfect piece of this shit sandwich, despite th- it being a shit sandwich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Nicole Kidman, Drew Barrymore. The expectation for, one, coming out of the, the Burton Batman movies, which were a phenomenon, to then get this stacked cast, for it then to be such a crappy, weird, overly cartoonish, completely different m- movie than you expected. It was hokey. It was like overdone, over dramatic. Tommy Lee Jones is just on a whole nother level. You know, I I don't I don't get it. <laughs> trivia. I've got yeah, I've got some a trivia for you. Switch the envelope. Trivia. Let's hear it. All right. After director Tim Burton stepped down from the franchise, falling down director Joel Schumacher stepped in to helm the franchise. His crazy new vision of the film caused multiple actors to just step away from the film, including Batman himself, Michael Keaton, who was like, I don't want any part of that noise, and the original actor who was tied to play the role of Robin. Johnny Depp. Which eventually went to Chris O'Donnell. Which mid-90s rising star, who would eventually sail his way to a huge career, was originally tied to the role of Robin? Polly Shore. <laughs> you know what? I, I'd have seen that. Especially in that movie. Like, I could have dug that. Yeah, absolutely. Polly Shore. Like, you know, we- we- wheezing the bad Check juice. Check out my weasel wear. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get in the Batmobile, buddy. Yeah, like that would have been that'd have been all right. Uh, no, was was not was not indeed Polly Shore. Okay, uh, huge actor, huge actor of the nineties. I'll give you a hint. Um, it's the guy from Pearl Harbor. No, we've mentioned him tonight. Mentioned him tonight. Edward James Almost. No. Instead of doing Batman Returns, he goes on to do The Basketball Diaries and The Quick and the Dead. Oh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Leonardo DiCaprio. Was originally supposed to be Robin. Eh. And I think given... I mean, he, I think he made the right choice. Because given the circumstances of that crazy-ass movie, <laughs> the tone shift, and... Cast being yeah, as crazy up and down do as ba- it was. Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries didn't have any any success at all. No, but it, it's it's since become you know like and then and the only following become, year he did Titanic. Become, so like you know, yeah, it's only become synonymous mm-hmm. with stuff because he's got a scene where he is with Mark Wahlberg, right? Or yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a really good dramatic movie. I mean, it's yeah. it's fucking dark. I think he would have been a good Robin in like the Tim Burtony. Batman movies. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is why he was sort of originally tied to it. All right, I think we should do our last one right now. 
Okay, Corey, um, I'm going to name off some famous, famous people. We've got Taylor Swift. Okay. James Gordon. Corden, mm-hmm. sorry. James Corden. Judy Dench. Okay. Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson. Yep. Jason Derulo. <laughs> Idris Elba. Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I didn't know Ian McKellen was in this movie. Yeah, Ian McKellen. Um, Fucking Magneto's in this movie, Jeff? Yep. Can you tell me what movie I'm talking about? Well, I, yeah, I knew about four cast members in. Yep. Cats. Meow. Oh, man. Fucking this movie, Jeff. Yeah, so uh, Cats <laughs> is is listed on here as, I mean, to be honest, uh, it came out in, two, this is the 2019 movie. It's the movie version of the musical. Everyone knows the musical of Cats. Epic. What, Wonderful. What school talent show isn't complete the, for the last Without 20 some years terrible without somebody singer, singing memory from Cats? Some terrible girl singer <laughs> singing memories. There's always at every single choir concert a girl who can't sing singing memories. But anyway, <laughs> what we want to do is talk about Cats the movie and how yeah. it has unbelievable star power, with the exception of Taylor Swift. Unbelievable star power is in this. Uh, look, hold on. Somehow. Taylor Swift, not on the acting front, but it's a musical, so give her some credit. That um, like, But huge, she, has to, she has to actually huge, sing. She has to actually sing. It's true. But huge star power f- as just a celebrity coming okay, into yeah. this movie. So like, huge you know, star power. Huge star power. But not, not a huge movie draw. Yeah. So anyway, Taylor Swift is huge star power, yeah. but the movie is awful. And it underperformed. Yes. It did not make nearly the amount of money that they thought it was going to make. It uh, didn't reach box office. It just major flop. (laughs) All right. So Corey and I are going to go over some of our honorable mentions of movies that we wanted to put in here, but we didn't have time for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the most obvious one is one that we didn't get to, um, and that's 1998's Michael Bay helmed Armageddon with damn near everybody in it and it it's so bad and it's so bad that ben affleck actually put out a commentary <laughs> with him talking on the film about how about how was. bad it is yeah bruce willis uh claimed that the working relationship with michael bay was so bad that he would never work with him again that's kind of that's kind of standard for him to do when there's a bad movie now oh oh bruce willis yeah yeah, yeah. i think he said similar things to kevin smith he did <laughs> um also, for me, I've got Stepford Wives, the remake oh. Stepford Wives. Yeah, that did have a stacked cast. Very stacked cast. A Matt, Matthew Broderick and Nicole Kidman, right? Yes. Uh, we also have, on my list, I put the newer version of the Fantastic Four movie. Ooh. That's one with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Miles Teller. And what? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Very, Kate, very, Kate very stacked. Yeah, Kate Mara. Very stacked cast and very eh, terrible. And then the last one we have is with the amount of action stars that are in this movie, it should be a much better movie. It really should. The Expendables, I'm sorry, <laughs> but there are so many action stars that should make this film at least fun. Not just fun. I mean, it uh, it's passable, yeah. but with the amount of people that are in this film, this mo- this film should be the greatest action movie of all time. Yeah. And frankly, I'd rather watch a Fast and the Furious movie. Well, I'd rather watch neither, but I love action movies, and I, I would rather watch a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or going down the other 
uh, Jason Statham movies, Transporter. <laughs> oh, B Jason Statham movies are still great. Go watch fucking Crank. Crank is great. Go watch Crank. Crank is great. Yeah. Uh, another on my honorable mentions list in a, a sort of opposite twist. It is a bad movie, but it's so bad it's great. It's a cult classic movie now. It has an incredibly stacked cast, and that's Mars Attacks. Uh, that's a terrible movie. Yeah, but I love it. <laughs> and we're done. Please remember to check our social media at Switch the Envelope on Instagram or Switch Envelope on Twitter. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, but most importantly, recommend our show to a friend. Just randomly turn it on when you're driving in their car. And squish the fuck out of that subscribe button. <laughs> of course, you can always go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. And until then, go see none of the films except for the last ones we mentioned. And we'll see you later, Switches. See you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is produced by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope is written by Jeff and Corey also. It is recorded at Studio 85 by Jeff and Corey. And, uh, believe it or not, recorded in front of a live studio audience.